Welcome back to Marathon Swim Stories. It's me, Shannon. I first met Sylvia Laycock in 2019 at the marina in Camp Richardson, about an hour before I set off on my swim across the length of Lake Tahoe. At the time, I was impressed by her knowledge of the lake and her thoroughness in covering safety. Over the course of the swim, I loved it when she chimed in on my feeds, inevitably making me set off laughing while I swam. Afterwards, I came to find out that Sylvia had a marathon swim story all her own. Finally, I penned her down to tell us about it. I love how Sylvia emphasizes the value of having the guts to show up, and how important those quiet conversations are to help people push their limits and find out what they're capable of. In her Sylvia way, she had us laughing at every turn. I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's dive right into it. Sylvia, you ready? I'm going to mute some people. <laughs> it's like this, like the, go! Ready, <laughs> set. Yeah, there we go. I don't um, jump off the blocks. I didn't do that. <laughs> that was not my background. Okay, well, what was your background? Tell us, tell us um, your story. I was born. <laughs> no. Um, you want the swimming version of it. Well, yeah, we'll start with no, swimming. The, the, the swimming version of it's good. The rest of it's like... There's, there's lots of, that's a whole, that's a different thing. (laughs) We'll save that for another day. (laughs) That's like Dateline Frontline stuff. So we'll (laughs) save it for that. Um, No, so I was, you know, I'm very, I'm very honest about it. Um, I was an, you know, an adult onset swimmer. Um, I grew up in Northern Michigan on lakes in between the two largest inland lakes. Um, I always had water around me. There were boats, there were this, I would in the summer jump off what we called the green dock, which was this dock on the bend of a river. And um, it was all I could do to make it back to the ladder. But that was swimming. There were no swim coaches, there were no pools, there were no lessons, there were no nothing. It was, you jumped off the dock to get away from your parents or until the streetlights came on and you had to go home and eat dinner. Um, It's what you did to fill the day when you weren't working. And as a teenager, it's what you did to like cool off in between going from one summer job to the next. So um, I did not grow up swimming. I didn't know really how to swim other than this looked like swimming. So that must be it. Um, And then when I was, would have been 33. I had my second child and I just got sucker punched with the, Oh, that's a really cute baby to why do I feel like shit? Like I just, everything sucked. I remember sitting there rocking in the middle of the bed with the baby going, I love this baby. I love my family. I hate this. I just, somebody, it was just horrible. And no one ever said, Oh, yeah, you might get postpartum depression. You might get the bit, you know, you might want to have, you know, no one said anything. It was, you have a nice house and a nice family. Life should be great. Um, so I remember about my six week checkup going to the doctor or maybe it was three week checkup. And he was all like chipper cheery, like, Hey, number two, you're doing great. Da, da, da. And I just burst into tears and he's like, Oh, Okay not a problem here. We can do, we have a few avenues and he starts writing out a prescription for antidepressants. And I'm like, I don't take, I mean, if I take Advil, it's a big day. I just, and it's not that there's anything wrong with it. It's just, I just not for whatever reason, I'm not, 
you know, don't do a lot of over the counter or prescription meds. So I was like, well, I don't know if I want to do that. I've heard, even this was, you got to remember, this was 17 years ago, which when we're talking about mental health, especially was very different. And 17 years prior to that, it was extremely different. And I think how we look at treating this was extremely different. But back then it was like, well, here, I'm just going to write you a prescription. We'll make it go away. And I had had a few friends who had struggled with going on antidepressants and not being able to get off. So of course I had this massive fear that that was going to happen to me. And he said, well, you know, there's another option. He goes, you can um, get out every day, do something for yourself that's exercise and gets the endorphins up that makes that counters, you get a high, but it counters the high from exercising will counter how low you feel. And hopefully we get you to meet in the middle. Yeah. And I need you to go out and do something physical. I would like you to train for something. So pick something with a deadline because that's like six or 10 weeks out so that it gets me out every day with a goal. And I'm working towards something versus just this forever. So I left that office. I'm like, I can do this. I'm really good at planning. I'm really good at, I fucking can do this. I felt, you know, and I'm like, you know, those people who swim from Alcatraz, they look like they always come out of the water having this amazing, like, I want to do that. So I found a swim coach and it took me three minutes to do my first 25 in the, in the pool. It looked like controlled drowning. (laughs) Um, I think she was terrified. Other people in the pool were terrified, but I made it. And somehow I kept doing it. Um, Yes, I bought a wetsuit and I basically ended up going and doing, I ended up doing a sprint triathlon and then an Alcatraz swim. And I went back to the doctor and I'm like, this is fabulous. Oh my God. And he's like, I didn't know you could swim. I didn't know you were a swimmer. I go, oh, I didn't know how to swim. And he was like, this is my doctor. He looks like Itzhak Perlman. (laughs) Sylvia, I meant like a 5K walk. (laughs) And I was like, oh, (laughs) yeah, kind of like you got it. You didn't specify that. So, um, but I loved it. I hated the rest of the triathlon part. Gravity sucks. Don't do it. Um, I don't, I don't run. I don't bike. I, I mean, I can, but I don't like it at all. It's horrible. Um, and from there I, I got, you know, kind of fell into the South End Rowing Club. Um, and I still belong to that. And I also belong to the Dolphin Club. Um, and swam, started swimming. I decided I had more fun swimming, got rid of the wetsuit. I think I lost it about week four. I just kind of got lazy. I was like, I've got enough laundry to do. I'm not washing this thing out too. And it was summer. So I survived and from there. And then I think Susie Dodds at one point was like, Hey, we should do this great Salt Lake swim. And it just kind of rolled. Yeah. Yeah. When did you start really um, pushing distance? Um, How long after you started swimming? I guess. No, I was not that smart. Um, <laughs> I think by the time, well, I swam my entire pregnancy with my third, which was 2005, 2004 into 2005. And I was doing club 10 milers, you know, what current assisted. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was that year, the year after that I did like a nine miler. And then I just, and then it was one of those things you do some relays, you do some other things. And then all of a sudden you have someone and I don't talk about swims that I don't ever say I'm doing this swim or that swim. It's just, I just kind of go train quietly and do it. 
but I had someone kind of tap me on the shoulder, you know, actually a couple, like it was like Christine Buckley and Susie Dodge. And you're like, you know, you could do this. And it was one of those, I had done an English channel relay and I enjoyed the water so much. And I remember she's, she's like, you could totally do a solo. You could do one of these swims. And I'm like, <laughs> so it was one of those quiet encouragement where I think, honestly, we don't do enough of it. Um, we see people either in a wetsuit or in some other, like doing short distances and we're training for a long distance. And sometimes all they need is the tap on the shoulder. They go, come on, do another mile, you know, or you want to get out of the wetsuit or, or you want to stay in the wetsuit. That's fine. But it's that there's so many people along the way that I can name that were just helpful and not like, because I'm standing with the poster board going, I want to swim X, but <laughs> just quiet conversations. And, and I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So why do you think you gravitated to distances? Why do you, why do you swim marathons? <laughs> oh, I'm not fast. <laughs> no, I'm not fast. There's, there's, you know, it's one of those things where, um, I was also working a ton. So at one point I had more jobs, more consulting jobs that I could even keep track of. It was like, what city am I going to be in? Where am I going to be? Okay. I'm home this day. And I'm, and it was, and it was also, I worked in tech. And so, you know, four or five email accounts, two cell phones, everything going all the time. Um, This was the only place I could go where I had an actual reason to not take a phone call and not answer an email and people would leave me alone. It wasn't like, Oh, you're spending time with your family. You can take a phone call. Like, no, I really can't, but I will. But if I'm in the water, no, I'm not. So it was one of those things where that was my, that was my break where I wasn't doing laundry while answering an email, while being on a conference call, while helping my kids with homework, while doing, it was like, that was, I was doing one thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I'm not fast. So there's kind of like no sense of me doing like a one mile, two mile because, <laughs> you know, I, I probably haven't even found a pace at that point. I'm a, you know, so, and it, and there's no, and it's all about finishing. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I've ever gotten a medal for anything other than the one they give to everybody just because you showed up. Um, and I will never get a medal for that, which is for, for, for speed ever, unless I'm the only one there. Um, it's about finishing. It's about, did you show up? Did you put the work in? And did you finish? I will always show up. I'm probably one of the people, if you ever talk to anybody in any of my past careers, they'll go, yeah, she works a lot. And if I start something, you know, unless I'm getting dragged out, I will finish it. So distance works. It suits that. It suits those. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. How do you describe the feeling of completing a marathon swim? Um, well, I've, I have, yeah, it's never a breakdown on the beach. It's never one of those like, you know, movie moments, you know, it's never pretty. It's like, you know, tugging a suit out of the crack of your butt. And you're like, I'm usually just like, where is the dry sand? Where like, just get me 
get me up, um, get me back on the boat. <laughs> Let me, you know, it's usually this, it's not this feeling of elation. I always thought it would be this big, like, aha, I did it. Most of the time it's, oh, thank God. Okay. All right. What's the schedule? Where are we going? What's next? What are we doing next? You know, it's okay. We've got to get this cleaned up. We've got to get that. It's just this, because to me, it's not about, it's not about the finish. It's, did I show up? Hmm. Did I show up? And usually I remember very clear on Catalina. I remember looking at my crew and everybody's all, and I was just calm. I go, yeah, let's get this done. Let's finish this. Like, that's it. Like, let's finish this, you know, finish it like cheesecake. Just let's finish this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, it's, it's interesting. How you, you, it seems like your mind, you're like the person that's like, okay, what's, you know, it's not, okay. Now I'm finished. Okay. But let me, okay. Where, yeah. where are we going? Okay. Now I've got to get to the airport. I've got to yeah. do this. I'm going to make these phone calls. Okay. Who did, you know, it's just, allow yourself. Okay, my time, time is over. <laughs> You know, my time is over. I'm now out of the box. So, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Can you tell us um, the swim that you're most proud of? Um, probably goes, it, it, yeah, it ups and flows. Probably Catalina because, I mean, I did finish it. So. <laughs> tell, tell us about and I, it. I lear- and I learned afterwards that it was not, my, my boat crew was awesome. So, you know, I always, I encourage people to have ex-military intelligence and ex-military operatives on their boat because they will, it's about the mission. It's all I said to them. I said, we have a mission. You use their language. This is the mission. I need to get from this point to this point. And at any point, it is not about my comfort. Hmm. It is about finishing. That's the mission. And your job, even if I whine or cry or whatever, is to say, that's not the mission. Your comfort is not our, your mission is to finish. So I guess there was a lot of interesting crap that happened on my boat. Um, <laughs> I was slow. Um, I, you know, Catalina is this wonderful swim. You start at 11 o'clock at night. So first of all, not everybody likes swimming in the dark. I love swimming in the dark. It's like, because you're ignorant. You can just da, 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 and you just swim. And that's, you know, really what you're supposed to do. And Tina Neal, who was fabulous said, do not look up. Don't ever look up. Don't look at the finish because you don't, you're not there until you can see the color of someone's t-shirt on the beach. I did not know that there was a small craft advisory storm. I got in the water <laughs> and I'm swimming up and swimming down and swimming up and swimming down. And I'm like, oh, this is just the water in Catalina. This is like outside the gate. I've done this. I haven't done it for this long, but I just figured this is what everybody gets. Hmm. I did not know you could get smooth water. (laughs) And I also, in the back of my mind, I think the the pilot took a look at me and was like, yeah, we'll take her out, put her in the water, let her swim for a little bit, and then, you know, we'll be done. So, and... It was, I remember the sun coming up and getting a goggle change. I had not been counting my feeds 
it was going all right, but I'm like, this Jesus Christ, this is long. What the hell? Like I was at that point, you, you range from being like, who the hell talked to me into this? Like, this is stupid. <laughs> like we, like I need a better hobby and better friends, like <laughs> scrapbooking, quilting, reading by the fire, cooking. Like I need, my friends are stupid. Like I was cursing Susie and rainy and like, I'm just like, this is, but I'm swimming because I've got to finish this. And I do remember at one point I was just so frustrated because finally by about mid-morning, things had settled down. So I swam all night in this. And that's like, oh, well, now the swim starts. And I remember thinking for one minute, because I don't wear a watch. I don't know watches ever. Um, they don't help you. <laughs> and I remember thinking to myself, I've been out here for 20 hours. I've probably am going to have the longest Catalina. I will be the Jackie Cobell of Catalina. And I love Jackie, but I wasn't ready to be Jackie Cobell. <laughs> I don't think I could handle it. And I just remember thinking for like, I had like this 30 second period after a feed where I was starting to swim. And I was like, do I really want to do this? Because I'm going to have the worst time. Nobody knows I'm doing that. There's like eight people who know I was swimming. But if everybody finds out and I'm that slow, I will be the laughing stock of the open water swimming world. And I don't like, I don't like, I was just like, and then I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, wait a second. Rainy Pierce had had shit conditions in the English channel and it took her 18 hours or 17. I think Christine Buckley swam through like some amazing force, whatever storm when she did, um, uh, the English Channel back in the early 2000s, and a guy died that day. Susie Dodds took 18 hours to do Catalina because I think she had done from the mainland out. And I'm like, you know what? Nobody gives them any shit. I'm just going to keep swimming. Um, but I guess there's an observer on the boat who was like very fast when she swam it and was like, well, why is your swimmer taking so long? Like, I have plans. We need to like pull your swimmer because I have plans. Like she needed to be back at the dock because she had a date that night. And <laughs> my crew was like, <laughs> yeah. So they kind of dispensed with her nicely. I think I almost vomited on her when I got on the boat. Um, <laughs> it would have been appropriate. And yeah, I mean, it was just, that was one of the ones that I finished and I was just like, I was really proud that I, that I finished, but I was most proud of my training that I had because I had gone into training with a plan. I had really detailed it out, like what I was going to do every week, how I was going to train. Um, but it was also kind of for me a message because I had watched for the previous two or three years at the South on people training for marathon swims. And Oh my gosh, if you're training for a marathon swim, you can't possibly volunteer. You can't help with the dishes. You can't help take a boat down. You can't help do this because you've got to save your shoulders. And don't you understand I'm training for a marathon swim. Mm -hmm. And I was like, maybe they're right. So I spent that year, I race directed, I did registration, I volunteered my ass off at the club, and then I would go swim. So what I learned was, yeah, you may be training for a marathon swim, but the world doesn't revolve around you because not everybody else is training for a marathon swim. Your hands are needed. You know, your time is needed. And if these people are helping make an institution to help you, you need to help too. 
And so it was one of those things where I was just like, and I, there are people now, there are two very, one of them extremely famous marathon swimmers that I almost kicked off a swim, a club swim, because she couldn't be bothered to take a boat down. I said, then we can't be bothered to pilot you. <laughs> she begrudgingly pushed the boat. Yeah. So it was, that was the big thing is like, can't, and I, but it also was exhausting, but I was really proud of the training. Um, and I was thankful that swim was not about me getting across. I did the swim, but that swim was to me about a lot of people who helped make swimming possible. Mm -hmm. Um, the women who sued the South End Rowing Club when it was an all men's club. I remember coming back and seeing Trudy, the one of the women who sued to be let in. Um, it's to people like Suzanne Heimbone, who was swimming when, you know, she was the only woman swimming. And there's so many like that, that I think we forget to say, I, I enter this water only because you cleared the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I, I want to hear more about your story, but I also, but part of your story, I think, is is how you got into um, piloting and stuff. So maybe you want to tell, it feels like a nice segue, maybe, to talk a little bit about. Oh, sure, now you want to talk about failure. <laughs> well, actually, there, I do have a question about what haven't you finished? <laughs> oh, that's painful. <laughs> um, I started piloting because I failed the English Channel. I trained for it. I felt I was ready for it. I'd had some, um, I'd already had slap tear repair on my left shoulder. Um, coming off of an English channel relay, I'd swam Catalina on it, thought it was fine. Was training, um, went over, when was that? Like 2016 or so to swim the English channel. I had the most beautiful conditions. Like I had a straight line all the way. I would have had like a straight line with a little tiny hoop at the end. Of course, Chloe McArdle plowed past me at one point and I'm like, what the fuck? That's not nice. Like, seriously, I was like, like, that's not, like people should not move their arms that fast. That's wrong. Like, and, and I, and I've seen her. So she swam off our boat before she's, she's very funny. Um, but I was just like, yeah, no. Um, and I got into, I was in, and I would have had an amazing time. So Catalina, I was like 16 and a half hours and the English channel, I was on track to finish in under 12, which, okay. Anybody who knows me, that's not my swim time. Like that is an anomaly gift of the gods. And I let them down that day because I got, I was just entering the separation zone at right around five and a half hours. And it was clear. I mean, it was daylight. It was beautiful. And it got to the point. Um, they ended up finding that I had um, nerves in my neck that were getting pinched. So every time I went to move my left arm, I was doing this one arm stroke and kind of dragging my left arm. And at some point, my crew was just like, um, Hun, there is no amount of painkiller we can give you. Like, we, we've given you the max of what we can give you. That's, you know, and that's it. And this one was called and I was, and you know, I think again, only four or five people knew that I was swimming it and that was fine. And it, it was heartbreaking. I mean, I got on the boat and I was like, that's the first big swim I hadn't finished. Mm. I came back, got my neck worked on, um, got it all cleared up and 
I didn't, you know what, the, the, the politics of open water swimming have really changed in the past few years and not in a positive way. Um, I'll be very honest. I was not, I did not feel welcome at the club I had joined in 2003. Hmm. Um, you know, you were either part of this click or this click or this click or that. And it's like, I just wanted to swim. And it was very hard to find a way to go in and not, you know, from time to time, just not have someone up your craw. And it was like, I, d- I don't want to feel like I have to go on defense trying to walk in the door. I didn't want to go back to the club. And my business partner at the time was like, I have this little boat. Why can't we just go? I'll take you out. We'll just go over here across the San Francisco Bay. And I'm like, you can't do that. You can't just go swim wherever you want. And he's like, yeah, you can. <laughs> so this was a big thing because I'm so used to swimming with the club. We swim where the club swims, when the club swim, says we can swim and you do this and that's all you do. So um, I started swimming and then all of a sudden people would see, you know, I would post, oh, I swam today. And people were, oh, where did you swim? Well, I want to come and swim with you. So then it was all of a sudden it was like, people want to come and swim off the boat. And then it was, oh, I can't, then we, I kind of learned like, oh, you need to be licensed. You have to have a license. You need to have over the side insurance. You need to have all these things. And so I was like, I've passed SEC exams. I've passed, you know, whatever. I'm like, oh, I can do this. So I went and became licensed. Um, and I'm currently, I'm licensed to hundred nautical miles offshore. And I'm working on my master captain's license right now. And I also teach. So I'm helping, um, I often tutor and teach other people who are looking to pass their captain's exams because there are four exams. You take them in one sitting. Um, Yes, I passed all mine the first time, but not everybody does. Some people go back and take their exams two, three. You're only allowed to take it three times in a year and then you have to wait a year. Mm -hmm. And I know people who have not pass their exams and you have to pass all four at once. And so Hmm. I work with people a lot to like teach them, okay, what is it that you're getting hung hung up on? Hmm. So, um, and then from there, just, I enjoyed not being wrapped in the politics and the confines. So I still love the clubs. They're amazing places. Um, And they're, I would say they're actually a great place to get people started and going. Um, but the clubs aren't always for everybody. And I, I, and I think that's true anywhere, whether it's a club going off the beach or there's an actual physical building, um, you kind of, and it changes over time. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then we grew piloting. So, you know, a couple of boats, a couple of captains, a couple more, another captain or two coming on board and just trying to really I think I love the marathon swims, but I also love people who come in and they do their swim, their Everest. That might be an Alcatraz. It might be getting in the water. They, they, they meet their, their swim. And then they kind of, I want every swimmer to come out and going, what else can I do? Yeah. It's like, Oh, we have a plan for that. <laughs> I love yeah. That. yeah. Yeah, that is one of the most, I just, as a coach, that's one of the most, the best things for me is when somebody's like, oh yeah, that was really cool. What else? Yeah. What else yeah like, <laughs> and I always tell people, especially the biggest, the hardest swims to do is your first six hour. Yeah. 
those are the hardest and people are like, they're so afraid of the six hour. And I love people. I love taking people on their first six hours. It's like, Oh, I have, I have ways to get you through this. <laughs> I have way, I will whisper you through this. Yes. You know, ask Elizabeth Allman. Oh my God, poor Elizabeth and her six hour. She was screaming. <laughs> yeah, she was, she was a good, day, but it was just like, I had to pull out every trick in the bag for that one. But she did, she did great. Look what she's done. And she's so kind. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I always look at every swimmer who's showing up, whether they're there on their first swim doing one mile, they're there doing a marathon swim or somewhere in between. They had the guts to show up. They've worked to show up. I need to meet them with every level of preparation and professionalism to, because that's the best I can do to show my respect for what they've done. They've put in the work and they've shown up and being professional, um, being organized, being safe, following not just our rules, but the association's rules, the um, maritime Coast Guard rules that I see, I see violated left and right that make me just, they make me crazy um, is, you know, I need to show up and, and be, it's a sign of respect for me. And I think anything less than that would be disrespectful to the swimmer. And I don't know everything they've brought to that swim, but as you know, it's more than any of us know. Yeah. 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 Um, You talked a little bit about the tricks in the bag. Is that um, something you developed on your own getting yourself through your own swims is there basically i want to get to like how do, how do you get through the hard the hard stuff is it the, is it the tricks or is there other things <laughs> well when i was doing my eight hour i had people kind of would come out and swim like for like i think rainy came out and swim for swam for a little bit susie came out for the last hour and i'm like no no i'm good i'm good it's like seven she's like smacking me on the feet she's like no you're not this seven is not eight that's what she would say. You know, she said there was a guy Duke at the Dolphin Club who told her, you know, 559 is not six. <laughs> you know, um, every swimmer is different. Every, you know, I always ask a swimmer, what motivates you? What works for you? What doesn't? Um, I think having a great deal of empathy, but also strength. Mm-hmm. Like, when you're in the water, I like to say you have Swiss cheese brain going on. Like you've been swimming long enough and it's like, they, you know, it's like you don't like one person talks to the swimmer and it is this trying to channel where they're at. They've got this. I, I very rarely have a swimmer in the water who I'm like, okay, this is, this is not going to happen. Um, I think a lot of people get in the water and they want it and their body knows what to do. And then their brain gets in the way (laughs) of like, this is dumb. You could be doing something better, like sleeping in a warm bed, (laughs) having a glass of like their mind get, or you can't do this. I've seen the ones where all of a sudden the swimmer's doing great. And then this has this meltdown of self doubt. And it's like, I, I, a woman swimming from Alcatraz. I mean, it's not a marathon swim, but she's like a very large woman. And I was angel swimming with her. And 
we're just chatting and I'm like, okay, we're going to do 50 strokes. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And I remember we're getting towards the end and she burst into tears. She goes, I can't do this. I can't do this. And she's sobbing. I can't do this. And I'm like, like she's a hundred yards away. Wow. Grabbed her, turned around. I'm like, that's Alcatraz. You left can't out there. If you want can't, you need to swim back out and get it because you're going to finish this. And turned her back around, sent her in. And I just remember I could hear her crying. And I heard from her later. She's like, yeah, my parents never thought I could do this. My coworkers, you know, this and that. I'm like, yeah, those people don't belong on your swim. Like you need to, when you jump off the boat, they stay on the boat in a bag somewhere, but they don't belong with you in the water. So a lot of times when somebody's in the water, it's like, what are all the things they brought on their swim that don't belong? Mm. And it's like trying to get rid of those things. And at the same time, giving them the things that they need. And sometimes it's just, you're fine. And other times it's like laying on the swim platform, looking them eye to eye and going, no, I need you to do 50 freestyle strokes, find your pace. You're almost done. And it's, you just don't know what it is, but you've seen that in coaching. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you get to, you get to see the hard, the hard parts. <laughs> well, there's the vomiting. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Um, let's see. What's been the hardest part of the pandemic for you? Um, is I'm going to steal this from Susie only because we said this the other night. It's like, I did not become fluent in Spanish. I did not lose 20 pounds. <laughs> I did clean every closet. Um, uh, in the house, which was good. Um, I think the hardest part was, you know, it's a small, I'm a small business owner. Uh, um, we were, um, charter boats were e not allowed to be on the water until June 5th. And so we were, it was illegal. I had my 50th birthday on May 16th and I wanted to swim and I could not swim. Mm. And it, what I found even more incredulous is that there were people not people out swimming, but there were charters illegally out with swims um, in, in April and May. Um, and not only do I find that it sucks as a small business owner because you think everybody needs to be playing by the rules. Yeah. Welcome to life. Not everybody plays by the rules. They don't believe the rules apply to them. Um, so, you know, we have basically lost 90 days of business. Um, and you're rescheduling people. Um, I was really concerned for our Tahoe people. Um, and basically we made the decision early on that, um, hey, listen, no harm, no foul. If you need to roll your swim to the following year or to 2022, there's no penalty, there's no fee, there's no nothing. We will just roll it for you as a courtesy. Let's find you a date. Um, you need to be safe. And I know not everybody did that. Um, I think it's, what we tried to do, we thought it was the right thing, tried to do the right thing by the swimmer. So um, we did have a Tahoe season, although it was somewhat abbreviated in terms of it was condensed and we didn't have as many swims. We had swimmers from New Zealand, Germany, Canada, wow. a number of places, New York, hi, who couldn't come in. I loved your kids <laughs> who couldn't fly in. Um, that's okay. They'll swim next year you know, there's the water's not going anywhere. So that's, yeah. that's kind of been the hardest part is just trying to manage the business and also 
manage expectations. And now we came back from, we left uh, Tahoe and they would think the air quality, we couldn't even see past the end of the dock. Mm. The air, the fires are so bad. And we came back to San Francisco. I think everybody, well, some of you may be too young to know this reference, but the San Francisco Bay looks like a really bad Cheech and Chong movie from the 1970s. It's pretty well smoked out. So okay. we're waiting. Um, uh, murder hornets didn't happen. <laughs> um, earthquakes might still happen. There was a case of the uh, bubonic plague up in South Lake Tahoe. So we're just trying to skirt it. But um, I think that the, the hardest part has just been people's dreams got put on hold. And that's minor. I think the hardest part has been watching friends who have parents in assisted living facilities that they weren't able to see. Um, I have friends who know people who have passed away, um, friends who have lost their jobs that are never coming back. So mm -hmm. I feel extremely fortunate. So for me to even say what's been the hardest part, you know, I've been lucky. It's been an inconvenience. That's that. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, does anybody out there have questions for Sylvia? I'm going to come off mute and ask Sylvia some hard questions. Oh. No, not Jamie. She's got to ask a hard one. No, no hard questions. Um, I have a question. Like, as a pilot and, you know, all the swims that you do, what are some things that swimmers can do to kind of make your life easier? Or, like, what drives you crazy that we may be doing that we don't even know about? Good question. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that is a great question. We've learned a lot. Um, we've learned about, actually, as a pilot, I've learned how to communicate better well in advance of the swim. What you need to bring, here's, you know, um, what not to bring. Please don't bring six big beer coolers on the boat. Please don't bring, you know, and also we've, we've had to communicate like, Hey, listen, I, I mean, this is going to sound really prickly, but I am, I, I honestly take your safety seriously. It is the number one thing I am. I, it is the thing that wakes me up at night thinking about the things that could go wrong from you know, did I change all the sensors in the boat or all, you know, like the maintenance on the boat, things like that. But your safety is my number one concern. Um, so it's the things, it's the swimmers who, we've had some swimmers show up who, and their crew that treat it like a party boat where the crew's <laughs> not even looking at the swimmer. And it's like, I'm the only one looking at the swimmer. And I'm like, what are you like? You, your swimmer needs to get fed. Like you need to get their next feed ready. So to me, it's less about the swimmer is sometimes the swimmer hasn't really prepared their crew for what the job is. Mm. And I've seen other swims go off where it's like, it does, it looks like a big party and maybe the swimmer's going to get fed. Maybe they're not. Maybe the swimmer's going to swim into the back of the boat. Maybe they're not. It's just, um, I, I'd say it's less about the swimmer and more about the crew and how the crew is going to be with the swimmer, most of the time you get the swimmer in the water. And once I know like, Hey, what side do you like to breathe on? Cause my job is number one is safety. And number two is your comfort past that. I will deal with the crew safety and everything else. But as long as I've got swimmer safety and swimmer comfort, um, chances are we're going to have a successful swim. But I, I would say it's less about the swimmer and more about the crew. Yeah. But, um, 
and long feeds, the swimmer taking long feeds, like these three minute feed social, like I've had people, Oh, well read that message to me. Read this. It's like, no, you can read these messages later. (laughs) Do your feed and get swimming. Like, you know, I've, I've seen 30 minutes added, 30, 45 minutes added to a swim because of long feeds and. <laughs> Ch- chatting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's fine, but, you know, and sometimes they need it. But most time it's like, there's a reason they're not swimming. And I usually find, well, I was cramping or this. It's like, okay, tell me. So, yeah. Communication. So commun- the swimmer communication to the pilot sounds like a key. Yeah. And I just finally will, I'll ask a lot. Like, can you, I'll ask the observer or ask the crew, can you ask your swimmer or if they won't, I'll finally go out and ask. Okay. That's a good one. Any That's other questions? Question. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Any other questions for Sylvia? So I have one. That, uh, it's, um, I'm going to, I'm in a river swim, hopefully with a, if, if there's no thunderstorms. This Friday, it's a an eight mile river swim. Woo! Um, it's we're going out with the current and back against it, um, and I, that part of that part of it makes me a bit nervous. But you know, I'm, I'm I figure I'm just the the starting point for me is enjoy the swim. Um, when you get to the current, you'll deal with it. Um, don't mm-hmm. don't go crazy. But um, if you have any advice on how you, you know, handling like uh, swimming into a current that would not make me so overtired that. Well, if you, yeah, I would say if you need, if you know you're getting a ride down, don't, don't do a lot of excessive anything because if the current's going to take you, the current's going to take you so that when you make that turn, you know, you're kind of like, okay, my swim's going and you just have to be patient. You know, the shore will come to you as long as you keep swimming. Like, you know, if you just keep going, you'll make it. If you stop, you won't. I mean, that's kind of where it is. And it's one of those things where to me, what, like I'll often do it or I'll put swimmers in a treadmill where I know they're against the current and they're not going to make any progress. I'll make them swim there for 40 minutes because it's a lesson of turn your head off. Just completely turn your head off. Don't count strokes. Don't sing songs. Just like, think about your stroke. Is it efficient? Is it this? Am I having a good time? Oh my gosh, that's a beautiful tree. That's a beautiful, look at those people. They're like, as long as you're, cause here's the deal. Your body knows what to do. You've been training. Your body knows how to swim. Your mind, you just have to turn it off. You'll be great. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Last chance for questions for Sylvia. Otherwise, I'll do my, my, my favorite closing questions. <laughs> no question. I just want to tell Sylvia, hi, I love you. <laughs> hi, I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's your advice to aspiring marathon swimmers, Sylvia? Show up. No matter what anybody says, show up. It's your swim. That's a good one. It's a really good one. I like that. Um, as Chris was pointing out in the, in the chat too, just be a finisher, like know that like I'm a finisher. If you like kind of going in with that, I think that's. Uh... Yeah, let's finish this. Finish it like <laughs> cheesecake. <laughs> that's great. All right. Who's um, inspired you in your marathon swimming career? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
you pulled it the Jamie Monahan. I'll send you a list later. That's what she did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, I, you know, it, it, you know what it is. It's that list grows every day. You know, you know, if I, I, I feel like I'm at the Oscars and you're naming your and you're thanking your agent, but it's like it's the people who have been showing up for years. You know, Frida Streeter, Allison Streeter, Suzanne Heimbone, Susie Dodds, Rainey Pierce, um, you know, Helen Smith, Haley Brandt, Emma France, you know, all sides of uh, Tracy Clark, Ned Dennison. I always tease Ned. I'm like, Ned's my goal in life is to have a signature line as long as yours. Anybody who's received an email from Ned knows this. I once doctored my signature line to be as long as his with very funny things in it. He didn't appreciate it. Oh, you're on mute. Shannon's on mute. Get off mute, Shannon. I'm muting myself. There we go. There you go. Ooh. I said, I want to yeah. see that. I want to see the funny signature line with your. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it, it Lost was... in the ether. <laughs> he and, I, and, and just to be clear, I love Ned and Catherine, and they have been amazingly sweet to my daughter, who's in university in Ireland. And thank you. Thank you, Ned and Catherine, for adopting my 20 year old. That's awesome. So, yeah. Very but cool. Inspiring people. And the people yeah. who I think make it possible every day for us to. Um, remain swimming, swimming safely, swimming with integrity by the rules. Um, those, those are the people that we don't think about often. And, and I think we owe a lot of thanks to. Yeah. That's a good one. I could talk to you all day. I know you've got a million stories, but I want to, you know, make sure and be respectful. To do. Yep. <laughs> so thank you very much for your time today, Sylvia. I appreciate it. So thank you. All right, you guys. We'll see you next week. Who's next? <laughs> Who's next? Yes. Um, uh, I think it actually might be Catherine Breed. I, there you I go. I've been scheduling. <laughs> Schedule away. All right. All right. Thanks. Have a great <laughs> day, everyone. Bye. 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 You, everybody. Are you ready to swim smarter? Check out my virtual Efficient Swimming Basics program at intrepidwater.com. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. If you'd like to be a guest on Marathon Swim Stories, just email me, shannon at intrepidwater.com. Please stay in touch by joining our email list at intrepidwater.com. Thanks for listening.